Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod, and I am alone again uh, for this Monday. Well, I guess this is a Monday afternoon episode instead of a Monday morning episode. Uh, but we are back with another episode. Chris is not here with me, as I just told you, but we do still have news to cover today. Uh, so we are definitely going to get to that. But before we cover any kind of news or do any kind of intro, let's start out with the weather as we always do. So in Los Angeles, California, it is mostly clear today with a high of 71 degrees and a low of 56. In Houston, Texas, it is partly cloudy with a high of 85 degrees and a low of 68. In Chicago, Illinois, there's supposed to be some scattered thunderstorms uh, coming through today. Uh, with a high of 77 degrees and a low of 63. And in New York City, it is partly cloudy with a high of 72 degrees and a low of 62. Well, as you know, this episode is coming out a little bit late. Um, you know, usually we have the episodes coming out Monday mornings or Friday mornings. Either way, it usually comes out in the morning around 7 a.m. Well, like I said, you know, if you saw the little explanation clip this morning, um, there were some technical difficulties that caused us to be a bit late with this one, um, but it is here and we, we definitely have some news for you. As far as an update's concerned, uh, you know, just in the intro here, because <laughs> again, I don't have Chris to ask um, in terms of any updates of his own, but as far as mine is concerned, my, my life update. There's not a lot going on, truthfully speaking. Um, I'm kind of in that at that point with college where it's taking up a whole lot of my time. You know, I'm into what about the first third? I'm through about the first third of the first semester here, and I feel like once you get to this point, you really start to see the. Um, you know, the workload increase. You see the time that you have to dedicate increase a little bit. So that's been a lot of what my life has been for the past week or two um, as things have really kicked into high gear. But it hasn't been terrible. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's been the worst time of my life. It's been horrible. No, actually... Some of it's been really interesting. Some of it's been really fun. I've got to say, one of my assignments that I have to do every week is play a game. <laughs> That's from my marketing class. Let me tell you, I will take that. I will accept that as an ex as an assignment. And I have a blast doing it, you know? So, honestly, not all of it is, is all that bad, really. And I'm, for the most part, enjoying uh, my experience so far during this first semester, but that's pretty much been my life lately. There hasn't been a whole lot going on. I don't have baseball to watch anymore because the Yankees got knocked out of the the playoffs uh, during the wild card game last week, uh, so <laughs> I don't really have anything to watch for there because uh, I'm not really rooting for any of the other teams that are left. I just see the scores and you know, hope certain things go one way just for the heck of it. But really, there's just nothing there. Even soccer, because I'm a huge soccer fan. Um, I watch English soccer, you know. I, I watch soccer from England mostly, but 
all of Europe is on a national break right now, so you know I I don't have uh, <laughs> I don't have any sports to really follow at the moment. I'm kind of just stuck uh, without that for uh, the rest of this week, and then I think it kicks back up again. So really, college, that's it. College, the podcast here, a little time spent uh, watching Netflix. I've been watching the show Supernatural over again. And if any of you have ever watched that show, if any of you have ever, ever watched Supernatural, you might know, and this is definitely my opinion of it, but I feel like this is a pretty pretty fair statement. With Supernatural, because of its content and how long it is, I feel like it's one of those shows that you can just watch over and over and over again. I'm only in the ninth season out of 15. But I feel like if I were to, say, like finish the ninth season and then go back to season one, it wouldn't feel old. I could watch it over and over again. And so I'm just having a really good time rewatching it. I've watched everything up through season 14. Uh, that's kind of why I'm watching through the entire series is because I want to watch all the way through to get to season 15 because season 15 is the last season. So I was like, you know what? Why not? We're just going to make our way through the entire series again. Um, and then finally get to season 15 and watch that. Uh, it's been one of my favorite shows for, what, five, six years? I I've been watching it for a while. About four years, I'd say. Um, four or five years. But honestly, it's just, yeah, it's such a good show. But that's kind of my personal update for this Monday afternoon. But we do have news to get into, so let's jump right in. And we're going to start like we always do on Monday mornings with a COVID-19 update. And the seven-day average for new cases right now is about 97,910 per day. And the seven-day average for new hospitalizations is about 7,400 per day. And the seven-day average for deaths is sitting at about 1,400 deaths per day. There are further investments being made to increase the number of at-home COVID-19 tests. $2 billion had been invested in September to ramp up the number of tests. And that is increasing again this month with another $1 billion investment being made by the Biden administration. The goal was to double the number of at-home tests available on the consumer market by November. But head coordinator of the White House COVID-19 task force, Jeff Zients, says that the number of tests could now be quadrupled in that time. This is further helped by the FDA's approval of a new at-home test from the company known as Acon. This test was approved under emergency use authorization, and it should help bring tens of millions of new tests to the consumer market. And this test is expected to retail for under $10. However, that is not yet a guarantee. And a little update on Merck, who I talked about in the last episode. They have officially asked the FDA to grant their new COVID-19 pill, Molnipiravir, 
for emergency use authorization and specifically asked that it be for adults with mild to moderate disease at high risk of hospitalization. We could be seeing the FDA's decision within weeks, though there is still not a set date for this decision. Moving forward out of COVID-19, we switch gears over to the January 6th select committee that was created in the House. Uh, In case you are unaware or otherwise need a reminder, the committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol is a nine-member group of House representatives. It is made up of seven Democrats and two Republicans. It was originally supposed to be a 13-member committee with eight Democrats and five Republicans, but after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi rejected two Republican picks made by House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, he pulled all of his picks off the committee. Despite that, House Speaker Pelosi still selected Republicans Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger to sit on the committee. The committee has been continuously working on the investigation, which has included issuing subpoenas for many who are considered to be linked to former President Trump or to the attack itself. There was a deadline on Thursday for former advisor to President Trump, Steve Bannon, former White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, former social media director, Dan Scavino, and Kashay Patel, Chief of Staff to President Trump's Defense Secretary, to hand over documents from that day's events. Bannon refused to do so, claiming to be protected by executive privilege. It was said, though, that if he didn't comply, the Justice Department would be asked to prosecute him in contempt, which could mean jail time or fines. The committee also issued new subpoenas for Nathan Martin and Ali Alexander, two people who were connected with the rally that took place on January 6th, as well as being connected to Stop the Steal LLC, who was also subpoenaed, an organization heavily tied to the event. Martin's phone number and email are linked to the petition application for the One Nation Under God rally, the original name for the event that took place on January 6th. He later claimed not to have any knowledge of the event, though. Ali Alexander promoted the rally at Stop the Steal sponsored events, promoted the use of violence for the rally in the weeks leading up to it, and led a crowd during a rally in D.C. the night before uh, with the chant, quote, victory or death. He also confirmed later that Stop the Steal LLC had obtained the permit uh, for the rally, and Stop the Steal had promoted the rally multiple times on their website. The subpoenas call for documents from that day's events uh, from Martin, Alexander, and Stop the Steal LLC by the 21st of this month. And beyond that, both Martin and Alexander are being asked to testify on the 28th and 29th of this month, respectively. Now, chaos 
has continued to unfold when it comes to the new abortion law put into effect in Texas. This law is one of the most restrictive abortion laws in the country, not allowing for abortion more than six weeks after pregnancy occurs, even in cases of rape or incest. Anyone who helps in the process, i.e. doctors, drivers, or anyone else who assisted, can be sued for their role uh, with a minimum of $10,000. And these lawsuits can come from citizens both within and outside of Texas. On Wednesday, U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman issued a 113-page ruling that blocked the enforcement of the law. This block did not last long, however, as the Fifth Circuit of the U.S. Court of Appeals struck down Pittman's ruling, immediately putting the ban back into effect. The Department of Justice now has until tomorrow to reply to the circuit's ruling. In a 5-4 decision, the Supreme Court had previously declined to block the law from taking effect, and now they are being petitioned to consider it once again, However, they have not responded to the petitions at this time. Now talking about refugees, President Biden has raised the refugee cap for the 2022 fiscal year. The new fiscal year began on October 1st, and with it came the increase in the number of refugees allowed into the country, that new number being 125,000. Former President Trump had set the number at 15,000 during the 2021 fiscal year, and when President Biden first took office, he had originally kept that number in place. However, after lots of backlash for this, uh, he raised the number to 62,000 in May and promised to raise it again for the 2022 fiscal year. Hey guys, I just wanted to clear up a tiny little mistake that I made here. I meant to say that President Biden raised the refugee cap to 62,500, not 62,000. Just wanted to clear that up. Enjoy the rest of the show. The allocation for the refugees looks like this. There'll be 40,000 allowed from Africa, 15,000 from East Asia, 10,000 from Europe and Central Asia, 15,000 from Latin America and the Caribbean, 35,000 from Near East and South Asia. The memorandum that President Biden signed also listed people from Cuba, Eurasia and the Baltics, Iraq, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras as being potential refugees. Switching gears yet again, Southwest Airlines is coming under heavy fire after it canceled more than 2,000 flights over the weekend and delayed hundreds more. On Saturday, the airline canceled 800 flights, and on Sunday, it canceled 1,100 flights, which was about 30% of their schedule for the day. A further 320 flights or more have been canceled for today as well. The reason that Southwest gave for the cancellations and the delays was severe weather and air traffic control issues. However, the FAA put out a statement on Sunday stating that there were none of these issues on either Saturday nor Sunday, leading many to form their own opinions on what happened. 
One of the main theories circulating online is that employees, including pilots, were calling in sick or otherwise just not coming in for work in protests over the company's new COVID-19 vaccine mandate, which would require all employees to get vaccinated by December 8th. This theory has been shot down by the company's executives as well as many employees, saying that there was no official nor unofficial job action taken over the weekend. Others believe that Southwest scheduled more flights than they could handle and dropped them at the last second. Overall though, people are calling this a massive mismanagement blunder on Southwest's part. Now, on Friday's episode, I briefly mentioned that Tesla's headquarters would be moving from California to Texas. Well, we have a bit more information for you as far as that's concerned. Uh, Tesla has officially announced that they will be moving their headquarters from California to Texas. This comes as the company is in the process of building a massive car and battery manufacturing complex in the new location. The headquarters is moving from Palo Alto to Austin, and the main reason cited for this is because of the cheaper costs and decreased regulations in Texas. Not to mention there has been bitterness between California and Texas over several issues, including the closing of the Fremont factory due to COVID-19 and claims of workplace harassment and racism through the company's arbitration process. Tesla joined other companies such as Oracle, Hewlett-Packard, and Toyota Motors who have made the same switch. Tesla's chief executive, Elon Musk, made it clear that this does not mean that the company is leaving California entirely, stating that the output from its main California factory would increase by 50%. Now we get into some rapid news, and 18 former NBA players have been indicted for health insurance fraud, and for more information on that, Chris will have an article out on Wednesday for that. And Benson Caprudo and Diana Kipigay won the men's and women's races respectively at the Boston Marathon, both of them being from Kenya. Well, now it's time for good news, and honestly, I just have a nice little heartwarming story for you guys this afternoon, and it comes from Iowa, where a 97-year-old and a 98-year-old celebrated their 77-year anniversary with the wedding photos that they never got to have. Well, here's essentially the story. Royce and Frankie King had gotten married back in 1944. Royce was part of the military, and he was home on a two-day leave before being uh, sent overseas to fight in World War II. Well, they decided to get married in a church, and they didn't have an opportunity to have any real big celebration. They didn't have the chance to get wedding photos done, so it just never happened. Well, 77 years later, uh, hospice employees who were taking care of the two of them decided to do something special, and they set up an entire little ceremony outside of their house in the backyard uh, where they did pictures and they had a nice little gathering. They even got a cake with a pair of sevens on them so they could do the traditional uh, cutting of the cake. And really, this is just special, you know, because 
the hospice workers didn't have to do this. They never had to do anything like this. Um, you know, it's definitely not in their traditional job description. So it was really up to them to, you know, to do this of their own choice and of their own uh, wanting and willingness to do it. And they set up an entire little ceremony area. You know, they got flowers from the patio to make bouquets and they did all of this and all to help them celebrate their 77th uh, anniversary and, and really to help them get the wedding pictures they never had. You know, they found Frankie a 1940s style wedding dress. Royce wore his Air Force uniform. They had 1940s music playing. Um, you know, they really went the extra mile to make the day special for these two. And you, you just have to love that. I know it puts a smile on my face. And to see hospice workers and your, or anyone in this field take that kind of step and go that extra mile, it's just absolutely amazing to see. And I, I know I definitely love it. And I thought it was worth sharing here with all of you. But... That is the end of this Monday episode. Uh, don't worry, we'll be back on Wednesday for the Dumb Law, and then again on Friday for a roundup of the week's news. Now make sure to go follow us on Twitter at BVP News Official, where we have all of the breaking news, all of the latest headlines. We're putting those out for you guys all the time so that you can stay up to date. And make sure to follow us on our personal accounts where we just have any kind of conversation we feel like. We put our random thoughts out there, interesting little ideas or conversations or anything. You know, whatever's on our mind at the time, whatever we're feeling, you'll see that over there. Uh, so don't miss that. And make sure to check out our Medium articles where we talk about topics that don't make it onto the podcast. Uh, it's all new. It's all different. So make sure to get your extra injection of news that way. And all of those links are in the show notes as always. But that is it from me, you guys. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Have a safe Monday and Tuesday, and we will see you back here Wednesday, like I said. Bye, guys.